Welcome back to the Friday episode of Let's Open the Bible. And before I forget, at the end of this episode, let me just encourage you, as I often do, this weekend, be in God's house, make plans, make preparations, change your schedule, ask off for work, or whatever it is that prevents you from being there normally, and get there. Be there to lift your prayers, to sing your praises, to sit under the proclamation and the authority of God's Word, being rightly divided, and uh, and just worship. God loves you. He sent His Son to suffer and die for you. So carve out a, a moment and uh, commit yourself to Him. Hopefully that's a lifelong, lifelong commitment. Carve out a moment to enjoy Him. Yeah. I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Carve out a moment to enjoy Him. You know, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. It's not as if, if you, you know, man was not created for the Sabbath, but Sabbath for the man. Carve out some time to enjoy him and to grow in your love and affection for him and knowledge of him. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today, as a matter of fact. So we're going to be in Romans chapter 12, verse 12. And uh, by the way, it's Russ and Gavin to, uh, coming to you again to you on this Friday. From you to He's, to. Still talking with his uh, hand, uh, his, his little uh, puppet is still whispering sweet nothings in his ear. I'm quite concerned about it. My, yeah, my sock puppet career, is uh, it, it ended before it began. You laughed at me, ridiculed me, and so... The, I think I even snorted I laughed. You did. Yeah. That was pretty funny. Special he was moment. laughing even when we hit, hit end of the uh, I, Yeah, podcast. I was still laughing. I was cracked up. Yeah. Well, I'm just cracked. Do you ever tell a, a joke to a duck that's on its back? You know what it does? It Quack. quacks up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Gavin, how about this? How about you pray? <laughs> and uh, I'll read verse 12. Heavenly Father, thank you again for the joy uh, of, of knowing you and the love that you have for us as expressed um, perfectly in your son, Jesus Christ, and his death, his burial, and his resurrection, uh, for, that you would call uh, for yourself a people. And we are, and, and let that joy overwhelm us today. Hit the joy of knowing you and loving you and being loved by you. And Heavenly Father, as we study your word, I pray that that, um, that reality of the hope that we have, a future, uh, hope of future grace that we have, um, provokes that joy. I pray that the, that the tribulation that we have, we can rejoice in it because we know that it's doing some good thing in our lives. And I hope, God, that our relationship with you is so um, overwhelmingly joyful that others will look at us and say, I want to know that God that they serve, the one true and living God. Would you do that work in us today? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. So again, that is Romans chapter 12, verse 12. Paul continues, rejoicing in hope, this after serving the Lord, rejoicing the hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Okay. I think it just flows. Yeah. So, yeah, it, well, it flows out of, certainly out of verse 11, which ended with serving the Lord. And so this is an extension of that. Okay, so it's, it's don't be slothful, let's get going. Let, let's, let's get white, hot, passionate for God, and let's get going. You know, don't waste this day, let's go. We're on mission for, for God, all right? And then, so serve the Lord, and then this next part comes in, which yeah. is? Rejoicing in hope. Why? Uh, well, because God is good, and, and he has, by his grace, uh, made a once-for-all sacrifice 
that we may enjoy him for all eternity. And so we should rejoice in that hope that we have, that for all eternity we will see him as he is. One of the things that, that has hit me is um, the, the great and immense suffering of people that have decided to follow Jesus, right? And so um, these men, among my favorites is Adoniram Judson, right? And, and he says, okay, I'm going to go serve God. So you get that part of 11, serve God. Let's do it. I'm not, I'm not slothful. I'm ready to go. I'm on mission. Let, let's get this done. Let's go. And so he went around um, to, to various churches and, and, and just talked about the, the need, the importance, the, the need of, of being supported. He was ready to go. Um, and, and excited, he, he wrote a letter to his future father-in-law and he just said, Hey, I'm going to go and die on the mission field. Would your daughter like to join me? And it was much more beautiful and intense than that. Like, you know, the only thing I know is that we'll suffer. Uh, would your daughter like to join me? And the father-in-law said, yeah, Hey, you'll have to ask her, but he got permission and he asked her and, and, uh, uh, was it Anne Hasseltine? Was that his wife's name? But anyway, she, so she decided to marry him and they go, they go on missions. And he realized, serve the Lord, great, I'm ready, let's go, da, 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 off, you know, onward Christian soldier, let's go. And you get to the mission field, and it's it's not just dropping a big chunk of change on the counter and saying, I'm inv- all in, I'm invested. It's day after day, a penny here, and a penny here. It's that death by a thousand cuts. It's a and long obedience in the same direction. Oh, so good. That's great. And and he, uh, and he, he, it just kind of robbed him of that initial fervor. If your hope, in those of us in Christ, is in this life only, we will, above all people, we will be most to be pitied. And so when you decide to serve God, I think this needs to come in. You need to, to, to have that, that expectation that your inheritance is up in heaven and he is worthy and he is good and he will supply your needs. And there's joy in the presence. And you'll have, I mean, there are a lot of things that we could say about this, but it, it is this momentary light affliction is preparing for me an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are temporal. The things that are unseen are eternal. And the whole point of that is, man, if I'm going to serve God, I need to keep that hope in mind. I need to keep that hope in mind. Yeah, that G- Jesus said rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Yeah. In this life, you will have tribulation. Take heart. So that there's that hope that comes in. All right? So the next one. Patient in tribulation. Yeah, I was talking with somebody yesterday, as a matter of fact. Um, he, uh, he keeps up with, like, Voice of the Martyrs and, uh, and that type of stuff. And he was telling me about a thing called on YouTube. You can look this up. I haven't watched it yet. Unshakable Faith. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like, um, you know, it's, it, it almost sounds like the voice of the martyrs type of situation where they're, they're, it's a documentary from what I gathered from this fellow. And he was describing sort of this documentary style of martyrdom or hardship persecution that, are, that people are dealing with around the world. And, you know, that just reminds me of the book that I read, The Insanity of God, you know, where uh, Nick Ripkin interviewed are you not familiar with mm-hmm. that no. oh 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 you need you, that's the next book you read okay all right uh, what he did is he was in uh, uh mogadishu when uh the like the era of the black hawk down movie right. with the yep. setting and so he's a believer over there uh and he was a late bloomer uh, as a believer and and he's over there serving on mission and just saw incredible suffering people suffered for their faith and he ended up uh, later in life uh, going and and just going into very 
persecuted places where people were just heavily persecuted for their faith. And what he discovered there, which I think leads into this passage, there is a depth of joy and worship among those who are the most heavily persecuted. Yeah, Richard Wormbrand said the same thing. He has yeah. not experienced the joy uh, in American churches that he experienced when he was in Romania uh, in the persecuted church. There is, a, there is a he is worthy. I mean, that's what you declare every time you gather for worship in a persecuted place. You declare he is worthy. Yeah. He, he is, he is more important than even my next breath. And that, that's where joy comes when you see God. Um, you know, kind of almost that not face to face, but you see God as so real, so present that that you want Him above all things. And in America, it, it's I don't want I I can't stand that language in America, but it, it seems in the more comfortable places, right? Um, there's so much less dependency. Apathy. Yeah, there's less dependency and great apathy. Yeah. Uh, all right. So um, uh, tribulation, it is it is going to happen. All those desiring to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. But like as David said, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry, Psalm 41. Um, <clears throat> so uh, I, I think we need to um, be still and know that he is God. We need to be patient in our tribulation, means that tribulation is expected, but we know that that it is worth it, that God works all things together for our good. If we love God and are called according to his purpose, those those are the reminders that we have to have in order to wait patiently in tribulation. Yeah. Saturate yourself with the word. Okay, anything else? Yeah. No, it's it's just so good. Yeah. You know, we we do face some afflictions in this country, but it is mild. It is, in fact, it's embarrassing how mild it is compared to other parts of the world. And it's hard for us to be patient in whatever little bit of tribulation we, tribulation we face, I think, in part because we're not prepared for it the way uh, other people, other believers are around the world. I agree with you, and I don't want to sound like I, at all like I disagree with you. I also think there's a great danger where we are. Uh, I think there are pitfalls all around us. There are the so. Um, let me do that. Let me go to Matthew thirteen. Um, there we are. All right. So it says. Um, whoop, where am I going? I'm going right here. Um, so in, in Matthew 13, 21, it's talking about the, the, the sower, the parable of the sower, and, and, it's, and Jesus is explaining this, and he says in verse 20, as for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while, and when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. So there you yeah. get that persecution that you know you don't you don't have this root and you fall away that persecution that'll do that to you but the, but the next one in verse 22 uh, as for what was sown among the thorns this is the one who hears the word but the cares of the world the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it proves unfruitful i i think that we don't view so, so i think sometimes we look at other places and go man if we were persecuted like that we might walk away from the faith I think there's a great danger all around us of the cares of the world and riches, the deceitfulness of riches yeah. creep in and pull us away. Yeah. It's devastating, but we don't view it as any type of persecution. So we, we kind of ease up and relax. I think it's a great warning to us when, when Jesus tells his disciples that it is harder for a rich man to get into the kingdom of heaven than for a camel to fit through the eye of a needle. 
I mean, there's a warning there. That's why Paul, I, I we talked about this uh, two episodes ago or last episode. Uh, the most one of the m- more abused verses in all of Scripture is, "I can do all things through Him who strengthens me." Paul's talking about, listen, I, if I'm wealthy, I can still glorify God, and if I'm poor, I found a way to walk and glorify God and to make much of Him, because there's a there's a pitfall, temptation on both sides of those things. So I agree with you that we don't suffer much by comparison to some other places in the world. And yet there's a great danger all around us in terms of affluence, riches, and apathy. So I don't want to get too in, in too far into the weeds as far as, um, you know, uh, end of times. Love it. If you're going to Romans, Revelation 3, I was too. Well, but I, I, no, I was going to go to this. I've signed our church up for Right Now Media, and I was watching this uh, End of Times, a study on prophecy by Stephen Armstrong. Uh, and it's like a 12 session thing. And he talked about uh, something that I thought of when you were speaking there. And he talked about how we live in the age of, a, of the Gentiles, uh, which uh, happens to be in the age of apostasy, which is the falling away of the church. And I think while I'm not certainly not declaring that we saw that with COVID, there were certainly plenty that fell away. Um, there, there were some churches that actually reported growth. So I, I'm not prepared to make the statement that we're living in the age of apostasy or that's what we're seeing necessarily. However, I think that it's, it's certainly uh, possible that due to the affluence uh, that we see in America, the superficiality that many uh, who call themselves Christians, that you know they don't really live the Christian life. I think that it is really, we're living in many ways, we're seeing the parable uh, of the soils in our country. And that may be true of all countries. I don't know. I've never lived in another country. But between the light persecution that have forced some people out of the church and the affluence that have have the the cares and concerns of this world driving others out of the church, it, it does seem like that that is certainly a possibility. I've, I've heard for years that one of the greatest evils uh, that Satan uh, has done is created affluency within the American culture because with affluency has come less dependency and much more shallow faith and all of those things. So I'm going to create some space that, you know, you kind of expressed a dispensational view there and, and you know— we we won't even scratch the surface of all the potential eschatological positions. So you know that that is, we'll we'll just we'll stay we'll kind of leave that eschatological component alone. But that, I mean that's something to think about, right? It's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, but there was oh I, I was going to go to to Revelation, uh, three, um, when it says uh, I know your works, you are neither cold nor hot. Would that you would were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. Yeah. I think that that's a good word to maybe us today. It's just we kind of measure ourselves in wrong categories and end up with wrong answers. Yeah. And there is a danger, there is a pitfall, there is we may not be persecuted in one way, but we certainly are being led away from God in another with our affluence at times. Yeah. Okay. Or some Absolutely. people maybe is a better way of wording that. All right. Um, where else do we need to go? Uh, let's see. That was be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Why? Especially you just said we're not suffering like, I mean, we're not suffering that much. Well, That's like, what you just said. It gets back to, and we're not. 
But that gets back to placing yourself in the streams of grace, the dependency that we need to have, we need to develop, we need to recognize uh, in the Lord. And, and, you know, hardships certainly uh, do help us create a dependency. You know, as I walk through the, uh, as I'm walking through Exodus um, with the church on Wednesday nights, you know, um, the Lord took them out of Egypt, but he took them the long way. You know, they could have got to the promised land much quicker, They, but they were slaves, not not warriors. They weren't ready to face the Philistines. So what does he do? He leads them into a geographical cul-de-sac uh, with Pharaoh bearing down on them. They had absolutely no way to defend themselves. It was absolutely a slaughter waiting to happen. Pharaoh's coming with all his chariots, all this effectively with the weapons of mass destruction. And what that did was create a certain dependency uh in the Lord. Yeah, you could go to a lot of places with that. Second Corinthians one where Paul says he was afflicted in order that it would, you know, make him depend on God. So absolutely you can look at, you know, when God strikes down hundred and eighty five thousand Assyrians with one angel. You know, I mean and, and so you go, okay, why couldn't God do that more? But it brings us to this place of dependence on God. He, and he could he could do it a thousand different ways. So his sovereignty extends beyond my knowledge and my the limits of understanding. But he could do his work a thousand different ways, and yet chooses one of the way things that he chooses to do is loving us enough to make us dependent. That's yeah. a gift that we are are a dependent people. But also, um, I love how you and I would love to say we would never ever deny God or walk away from Christ ever. We just won't. I mean, I know that I won't. And if you do that on your own power, like Peter did, we will never leave you, even if I need to die. Right. Jesus says, you're going to deny me three times. Even if I need to die, I'm not going to deny you. And and Jesus doesn't say, okay, well, stay strong, buddy. He says, I have prayed for you. Yeah, I have prayed for you. I think each and every one of us would walk away from God if it were up to us um, and people that may not make sense to him. But the reason we're not weak we will not be snatched away from God as no one can take us out of his strong hand. And because Christ prayed for, for his disciples, but he also prayed for everyone that would believe on him through their word. Yeah. We have been prayed for by God himself. Which is just impossible to, for me to get my mind wrapped around. Right. And then we are to pray as well. Pray, pray. And, and where we fall short in prayer, the Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf. Yeah. Well, I, where we fall short... I think certainly we don't uh, pray perfectly, but I think in that case, Paul's saying, I don't even know what direction to pray. Do I pray right. that I'm taken, like where he said before in Philippians 1, you're talking about Romans 8, but in, in Philippians 1 where he says, listen, you know, I'm torn between two realities. I'd rather depart and be with Christ for that is far better, but to remain in the flesh is more necessary for your, on your account. And he goes in, in that same Philippians one passage. He says, "Man, to stay here means fruitful ministry for me." So I don't know. Do I want to go to heaven and where you know there's joy un, uh, unimaginable, or do I want to stay here and do ministry which is profitable and fruitful ministry for, uh, for your sake? And he says, "I don't even know how to pray." Well, That's and it. I've been there, and you've probably been there oh, yeah. too. Where yes, you yes. know, you're like you know, a situation is so jacked up. You go to pray, and you don't even know what to pray for. You don't know what words to say, and that's that. When I'm in that situation, that's how I pray. Lord, I don't even know how to pray for this. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what to do with this, but you do. Yeah, and there, there are some good biblical prayers for that moment. You know, this is this is my desire, God, but nevertheless, not my will, but Thy will be done. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so to express your desire, your 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 
inclinations of the heart, that wicked and deceitful heart, but to, to express those inclinations. But God, I trust you. I trust you. And then the other one is we don't even know what to pray for. Like it's just too convoluted, either to the both to the good. Like Paul's looking at two good realities. Right. Or or to the bad. Like I I, I wouldn't even know how to address this. And you just say, but that Holy Spirit, your Holy Spirit, He searches our hearts and He knows your mind. And he'll work this out for your glory and our good. Yeah. Very good. Well, listener, again, it's weekend, be in God's house, do all you can to make arrangements to be there. We look forward to catching you up on Monday or catching up with you on Monday as we continue this journey. Until then, God bless.